Thanks for listening to the show. Join us online at playvolutionhq.com and learn how to support the show at explorationsearlylearning.com slash support. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that early childhood nerd podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I am Heather Burnt, and I've got David Kahn with me today. Did I say your name right? It's yes, you did. Pretty Good basic. Job. Yeah. Okay, great. Thanks. So tell people <laughs> what you want them to know about you. Uh, my name is David Kahn. I uh, work in <laughs> early ch- uh, early childhood, or what they or what they say in the UK, early years. I'm currently in a two year old room at a children's center in Leeds, and. Um, I'm in a good mood because I'm also beginning to organize pop-up adventure playgrounds, and I have my first one tomorrow, so I'm feeling all jazzed about that. Yeah, so I've seen that on Facebook. Talk about that because I think that's as interesting as anything else we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically, um, there's some people in the UK called Pop-Up Adventure Play, and they do something called Playwork on a a more accessible and cheaper scale. So they go to a public place and bring boxes, uh, scissors, crayons, PVC pipes, random loose parts, random junk, and let kids do whatever they want with it. And I helped out with one one of theirs before, and I got the bug, and I want to start (laughs) doing that in Leeds. I think it will be a good way to get um, discussions about play outside of our little... ECE silo, like out just broadly. Yeah. Demonstrating what we're talking about. Yeah, it sounds awesome. When I when I came back from Uncon last year, I started a, a group, tried to start a group in Lafayette here called um, Playful Learning Lafayette. And that was one of my mm-hmm. goals was to get that kind of thing. But just nobody in the group had time to, at that time to do it. So I want to get back to it because I think that would be a really cool way to show people have fun but also show them the value of what we're doing and really make those connections outside of just talking to each other about it like absolutely like just sort of it's sort of like mission work (laughs) (laughs) the former southern baptist in me feels the need to make that connection spread the the (laughs) word yes exactly the good news the good news (laughs) of play (laughs) um well that sounds really cool so so how do you get all the stuff do you just like ask for donations do you collect how long does it take you generally to collect stuff for all that do you have a um i've been collecting the past three weeks i've asked the local grocery stores i've taken stuff from my school and just kind of obsessive obsessively just asking wherever i can and Mm -hmm. i have a pretty good collection going yeah and uh, yeah i'm just really looking forward to it because there's another i don't know what they call them but there's another sort of movement maybe is a bigger word than I need, but it's the one that's coming to mind that I've seen here in the States. That is people actually setting up like play and art warehouses where they collect that kind of Mm. trash to treasure kind of stuff and just keep it somewhere centrally located for teachers and artists to access. Yeah, And um, so that was one of my other goals was to set something like that up. But um, I was either busy or lazy depending on or both (laughs) or both. (laughs) Yeah. Or shifting in and out of the two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, 
So David and I are going to talk about a quote from the same Lillian Katz article that Tiffany and I talked about a few episodes back. The article is called Distinctions Between Academic and Intellectual Goals for Young Children by Lillian Katz. Um, it was published in Child Care Information Exchange in November, December 2015, and you can get it for free from their <laughs> Articles on Demand feature. I'm doing a commercial because I feel strongly about this article. <laughs> It's a good one. I don't usually give that that much information from uh, from from our quote, but so here's here's the here's the part we're going to talk about this morning. Um, well, it's morning for me. It's not for you, right? Afternoon right. for you. Anyway, this episode. Here's the quote: While intellectual dispositions may be weakened or even damaged by excessive and premature formal instruction, they are also not likely to be strengthened by any of the trivial, if not banal, activities frequently offered in childcare, preschool, and kindergarten programs. That's there pretty much it. right. Yeah, yeah. And banal, what a great word. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> really, I just picked this quote for the vocabulary. <laughs> and excellent word choices. So let's just break this down a little bit and maybe talk about um, why it's of interest to each of us, why you chose this one from the list of quotes I sent out. Um, to potential po- uh, co-hosts? I guess uh, because I, it's, a, it's an elephant in the room. I feel like this this quote can hurt a lot of other practitioners' feelings, but <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, right. like genuinely. Right. But there's just a lot of things that, like, what what day is it? Well, I've heard pe- you say it, lots of other mm-hmm. people on Upstairs Studio podcasts say it. <laughs> Nobody, kids don't care about the weather thing yeah. to go on the calendar. Kids don't care about what day it is. You right. can train them to sit there and recite those things, but I don't think that's actually leading to real engagement or real neurons getting connected right. compared to what you could be doing. Right, and I think what I really liked is that it's really easy to jump on and and talk about how we shouldn't be doing that formal instruction mm. too early, and, and I think we get a lot of agreement with, with that. But adding in that, you know, some of these things that we're doing that we think are developmentally appropriate are still not all that meaningful for kids. They may not be harmful, but we're not doing the best that we can for and with the children that we're working with. Um, And I think calendar time is an excellent example of that because it may not, it's not hurting them probably. Yeah. I I mean, I I think depending on, you know, the methods you're using to keep them in group time with you. Um, but, you know, sitting passively listening, you're singing a song about the weather and dressing the the little teddy bear in the appropriate clothes for the weather that they've got and singing the days of the week or whatever um, may not be damaging or weakening. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly not the best use of that 20 minutes with a group of oh. kids you've got. Well, I absolutely agree, but I also, honestly, I think to a lot of people, like the word learning, I, I, people have so many different views of that, uh-huh. and I really think a lot of people do see learning and getting ready for school as a, part of it is learning to sit still and listen to adults for no reason, no apparent uh-huh. reason. <laughs> like, honestly, like that. I, I'm agreeing. Yeah. That's, that's agreement laughter. Uh, yeah, and um, I know when I first started working with kids and I had no idea what I was doing, I generally saw it that way as um, 
I like a sort of benevolent breaking them in to what's in store for them. Yeah. Like I, yeah, and I thought like yeah, they need to learn how to listen to other adults other than their parents. Yeah. And you can, you can be nicer about it or more or more you can yell about it but i think some people genuinely see that's our job and that's what needs to change yeah um i have been in conversations with with people who are working doing the you know doing early childhood work who felt tremendous academic pressure from kindergarten teachers um felt like we were being judged and um, and measured and and looked down upon if we didn't have them academically ready according to their definition. Um, and then a couple years ago, that conversation shifted locally for mm. us, and we started hearing more teachers saying, kindergarten teachers saying, "I can teach them what they need to know if if you can teach them to sit still." And it was it was tremendous the relief that I saw in people yeah. hearing that, and I was like, "No, that's worse. I don't like that either." <laughs> Right, but it is a real thing. But it is, like, yeah. Is, if they can come yeah. to us fitting the system, yeah, then we can we can pour the knowledge into their empty heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's an interesting definition of learning. You know, getting them to fit the system rather than. I wonder if some people would admit to that, but I really think yeah. a lot of people do operate that way. They right. might not want to say it out loud. Yeah. Well, but... you know, and I'll just say. I think it's really brave for people to be able to make that, to to hear something like that and reflect on themselves and think, oh, maybe that is what I've been doing. Maybe that yeah. is how I've been thinking about this. And um, but I but I also think it's brave to to take a new piece of information like that or a new perspective, think it through and think okay, but here's why I'm doing it the way I am and I'm going to keep doing it the way I am. Like, I just want people to have some depth to what's going on. I, I don't want yeah. to see them going through the motions and just, this is what we do because it's nine o'clock in a childcare center. Yeah. Um, at least, at least they reflect on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I will, I'll go back for a minute though, to what I said about sitting, you know, that calendar time or whatever, not necessarily being harmful. I think we do really need, and you've probably heard me say this before, we do really need to think about the fact that um, if we have these sort of unrealistic expectations for children to sit still in a group and participate in this rote learning or whatever, it doesn't work for every kid. And if we find ourselves getting angry or throwing kids out of the group or talking about them above their heads to another teacher in our frustration, we're teaching Mm -hmm. them that school doesn't work for them, that school is not a friendly place for them, that teachers don't like them and that the system doesn't work. And a three-year-old is going to learn that and take it with them. And we've done no, no service to their quote unquote readiness. Absolutely. Um, And so that, that's where I think harm does come into it. Um, in addition to just, you know, disrupting relationships and we know how important relationships are, um, with all, with all that. Yeah. There's, um, and there, you know, like some children temperamentally, they're, they're easy to get to sit in that right. circle and they're like, and, and, but there's always going to be one or two children who it, you're, if you if you're going to have circle time like that, it's going to be a battle. Right. And just like you said, you're, you're setting them up to be like, oh, this is what this is what it's like away from home. This is what learning is. Learning sucks. Right. I hate learning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My friend. Yeah, and it's it, it's awful. Yeah. And 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 I just yeah I just I th- I probably 
I know I used to do things like that when I first started working with kids because I thought that your job is to do circle time and uh-huh. blah, blah, blah. It's childcare culture. Um, yeah. 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 But um, my friend Elena. Got to learn more about development. Like, yeah. Yeah. If you, if you don't have that knowledge of development to base your decisions on and your decisions are only based on the schedule that's hanging on the wall and the way the child care center you worked in before did it or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's it's not as full and rich as it could be. And that's where the banality falls in. <laughs> I'm going to keep working <laughs> that in. Um, my friend Elena, her little boy Aiden, is, um, um, I think, first grade, second grade now. But when he was um, first starting school and doing a writing journal, she sent me a picture of one of his first pages. And it's all very phonetically spelled. You know, it's not yeah. spelled correctly because he was very young and new to it. But it just was three sentences. Writing is awful. Writing is terrible. Writing is the worst. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, and uh, you know, I laughed because it was funny. But I also thought, yeah. oh, that boy's frame of mind that day. Like yeah. his, his, his quality of life in that moment was of concern to me. But then she asked him about it. And he said, yeah, but that was in the beginning when I wasn't good at it. <laughs> Okay. So it had a happy ending. But, <laughs> but that's what I think about when I'm thinking about stuff, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing is we get somehow this is really caught up on circle time and we can move off of it here in a little bit. But um, teachers who talk about or, you know, child care providers who are doing it in their homes, whatever you want to call yourselves, um, who get annoyed that children are disrupting the group time and disrupting the other children's learning you stopping to shush and fight and argue and have that power struggle are disrupting it way more. Like the other kids would just blow that wiggler off probably and continue to, to do their thing with you. If they're interested, if they're interested, if you weren't stopping to shush every five seconds or whatever. Um, I've got a little girl in the group I'm working with now who my first day was introduced to me by um, another by a coworker as um, your third teacher in the classroom. You know, she's one of those little girls who has the system figured out yeah. and knows how to, um, you know, she, she she's not a very good listener, quote unquote. <laughs> if you really watch her, she's she gets some sneaks in, but um, but she can play the game very well. And one day she and this other little boy were in an argument and I don't know what he said, but she yelled like in his face, yelled teeth clenched. I am a good listener. (laughs) 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 Well, I know where that came from (laughs) because she hears it all day. Oh, man. And, the other and the, I, I don't want to project too much on this <laughs> child, but I do wonder, like, like if she's, she's already taking, like, a moral, like, this is a moral I, badge yeah. of pride to take. Yeah. Like, how dare you insult my listening skills? Exactly. Yeah. So like, and the, the great thing now is the other little boy has her number, and he just whispers to her, I'm a good listener. And she's <laughs> 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 but you know i'm watching that exchange and i get more about their intellectual ability and yeah. where they are from that exchange than yeah. any stupid circle time thing that i'm watching them do because even though they're needling each other that's um those are genuine interactions right right and and, and, ki- and, ki- and kids are ex- yeah kids are experts at learning <laughs> through genuine interactions oh I love it. That kind of stuff. Yeah. That's why I'm yeah. doing the work. 
for those moments. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, just as an aside. Yes. And take us off. But I think, again, this tells me a lot about this little guy's mental abilities and intellectual processing. Um, he was given a choice the other day, uh, and these are two-year-olds. He was given a choice of, I think what was said to him was, um, if you don't put these cars in the basket, I'm going to come and help you. And first of all, when did I'm going to come help you become a threat? Right. But I hear it used in that context in early childhood yeah. programs a lot. And he said, um, well, I'm not putting them in the basket. And just sat and looked at her. <laughs> like, like, do your worst, lady. I am not picking yeah. up those cars. <laughs> well, I, I've been in the same. I've, this is a, maybe this is a tangent, but I remember That's in my old how days. how this goes. Yeah, I remember um, in my old days saying that crap and using like do i do should i help you mm-hmm. and a lot of times kids will call your bluff and say yeah i need help yeah yeah please you, i've been waiting <laughs> or, or do it for or like yeah, yeah. put them away because i don't want to put them away or right. whatever if you care so much you put them away <laughs> if you care so much yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> no kid actually said that right, but i feel no, like that's, that's the yeah. attitude sometimes yeah like yeah. clearly this is your discomfort <laughs> i'm fine with this mess yeah <laughs> oh my gosh okay so let's go back to the sure. to the quote because i i had a couple like i just kind of thought about um in terms of of course the work i'm currently doing um let me find a picture so there's an activity in the prepackaged curriculum that i'm using that um is supposed to be teaching us about um well it's essentially hot potato but with plastic vegetables and Mm -hmm. um so we're just sitting in a circle passing this piece of plastic to each other Um, Mm -hmm. and it's it's a group of two-year-olds and the advice is you know as children become more comfortable and better at it add a second piece of produce to the whatever whatever um but the the standards this is supposed to be addressing are um god my phone won't stop flipping around displays advancing eye-hand coordination shows pleasure in interacting with other children complete simple two-step child or adult initiated tasks with support and so i think this that really spoke to me about the trivial banal activities because most people would look at that and say, well, that's harmless. Kids don't, you know, they'll have fun sitting in a circle and passing yeah. that plastic around until somebody's not having fun and it all falls apart. But, yeah. Um, but there's so many deeper ways to meet those or give kids practice with those standards. If we really want to, you know, if you really need to demonstrate that what you're doing is tied to a standard, which more and more of us are having to do in, in daily work. Um, you could let them play. You could let them play. Exactly. Yeah. That's, like the, the game of whatever in the climber that you just interrupted to get them to come play past the vegetable yeah. is much more in depth, you know, practice with um, whatever that second one was. God, the bifocals and the phone are just not working together. Show <laughs> pleasure in interacting with others. Yeah. Like you just Jesus interrupted Christ. some really valuable interaction to bring them down for this other thing and i sorry to interrupt no, i wonder how much the um uh the people who wrote that get paid i <laughs> it's like it's like 
Yeah, bang my head against the wall. That is more than I get paid, and I'm getting paid more than most classroom teachers do. So, yeah, um, or or bang their head against a wall. I'm not sure whose head. <laughs> yeah. why, why why hurt our heads? Let's get the yeah. ones, let's get the ones responsible. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I've looked at that too. I looked at um, the qualifications of the people who are, you know, and and they have. It's a lot of ed psychology degrees and just yeah. plain education degrees. I didn't see a lot of early childhood or child development kind of stuff in the qualifications yeah. of the people that I was looking at. And that was disheartening. Yeah. Um, but, boy, that's a whole other conversation, though. You know, people who are supposed to have these qualifications to do right. And I'm sure their intentions are wonderful, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But this is this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And one one of the other activities was called food or no food, and you're using mm-hmm. pictures of things. Some of the pictures are food, and some of the pictures are not food. And having the children sort these pictures into food or no food categories. <laughs> yes, yes, and it's supposed to be meeting all these lofty academic goals, and it's it ugh, it's mind numbing for them. I'm sure. Um, Heather laughed because I yeah. used my hand to make a toy gun and shoot yeah. myself. David, um, David just pretended to shoot himself in the head. Yes, hilarious. <laughs> um, we'll paint a word picture for you. Of what just yeah. uh, mm-hmm. So, can I say you something? Do whatever you yeah. want with that. Okay. <laughs> I, so, I... When, when people like us say young children learn through play and they develop through play, mm-hmm. I just wonder if other people haven't heard this yet or they're not in a place to hear it and it just sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher and it's not actually – that. what does that actually mean to them? Right. And oh, what, does, what do you need to do to actually – It's touted as a play-based people? curriculum. It's it, This is referred to as a play-based curriculum. Oh. And there's a lot of language about how children learn best through play. But it's it's not play – God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not. And so, like, and what? And it's trivial yeah. and banal. <laughs> yes, trivial and banal. Banal, banal, banal. <laughs> well, you know that word's going to be in the title of this episode. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. You know, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I could just go on about specific activities that fall into this, but I think. Some of the language, and you and I talked about this a little bit before we were really recording today, the language that we use with kids, we get very uh, teachery. And I think all of, you know, because we talked about using the word listening as code for obeying. Um, And I talked about using language in confusing ways, like calling, getting your diaper changed, going potty. (laughs) Now, um but I think we get into these teacher phrases that are trivial rather than understanding that children are competent and they're mm-hmm. learning language and they understand a lot more than they're saying. And, yep. and we can use full sentences and rich vocabulary and, mm-hmm. and just say what we mean. Um, instead yeah, people of, have full faith and faith in children's yeah. capabilities. Yeah, I think that's that's what a lot of the frustration comes down to for me. Um, yeah. And uh, I've I've ranted before, <clears throat> excuse me, about Reggio Emilia stuff in the States. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the main barriers to really doing 
Reggio well um, in the States is that culturally we just don't see children the way that they do or seem yeah. to um, in terms of competence. We, we see them as we very much have a deficit model Yeah, when we're looking at kids. And maybe that's part of why what we offer them is trivial because we don't give them credit for being able to do the deeper things or we don't look at their play and see the depth that's happening. You know, I almost had the little boy's name. That little guy was maybe being in the teacher's mind sassy. Mm -hmm. He said, um, well, I'm not going to put him in the box. You're going to have to help me. Um, But that was, that was a pretty, I think complex thought process and language process for him. Mm-hmm. To be able to make that choice and not just blindly cave and do what, I mean, I think blind obedience is pretty shallow and trivial. <laughs> absolutely, it, it'll it, yeah, absolutely. I just uh, how, how to how to phrase it, um, like I like we have twenty thirty years of all this real scientific research that tells us the the real meaning behind children learning through play and how they make meaning through their own activity and they have theories about the world and they test them out Mm -hmm. and they might be wrong theories, but giving them that time to test their own theories is like, that's, that's growing their brain. Right. And it's, so there's, we have three decades of all this good stuff and it's just like people, like people, like people, either people haven't heard it, or they don't care or a combination of both. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, that's one of my, my pet peeves is when we take the research and twist it around yeah. um, in early childhood. Like we've got research that says high quality early childhood experiences, you know, kids do better in school then. And we take it and we think that means, um, well, let's start doing school things with them when they're three. Yeah. Um, and, and we're so hesitant, some of us to speak up and say, wait, no, that's not what we're talking about. And the same thing with, with play-based learning or when we're talking about playful learning, I I think people see that as trivial and, and um, you know, they're just playing that word just is always thrown in there. Um, But if you really watch play, it's complex and there's a lot of intellectual stuff going on. It may not be the academic wrote letters and numbers, that we yeah. use to measure children's intelligence or early verbal skills, which we also use to measure, you know, especially two-year-olds the age that you work with twos, right? That's your mm-hmm. age? Yeah. Two-year-olds who can talk early are praised to the heavens. Um, but the ones with, you know, all the physical coordination early or whatever are brutes and <laughs> and bullies. Yeah. Um, we, we just, we, we have to get better about calling people on that shit i think <laughs> well this makes me think of uh, that episode with you and travis and talking about um what like the unionizing episode oh yeah yeah and to me that quote you and travis discussed that that episode made me think a lot but that quote you and travis discussed i didn't automatically think that meant oh we all need to go join the SEIU. yeah what i thought that meant was as people in this field we should come together and have a collective voice on how we want things done. Right. And part of it. And so like you're the lone person at your center who everybody thinks is weird. <laughs> I'm the lone person at my center who everybody. Uh-huh. Th- oh, I, I think I, weird I, would be a, a gentle. Yeah. <laughs> weird would be a uh, yeah. gentle descriptor. <laughs> I, like we're We're the out there people yeah. in yeah. one way or another at our places. Mm. But um, even if it's not in a union or whatever, 
as professionals, if we think this is what's important and this, these are the standards, we should have a collective voice in right. what that means. And that also means calling out bad practice from other people. Like the way the, the lawyers, they have the bar association. You have to do these things to, to be a lawyer. We might not be in the majority, but we can say, this is, we know what we're talking about. If you right. want to get in this club, it's, it involves this. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And and that's kind of um, uh, where I was going when I picked that quote. And I don't want to go too far in because, teaser, David and I are going to do another episode about that quote. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I I do think that there is a responsibility from those of us who, you know, know we're right. To, to call out that other and I don't know why we're so hesitant in this field and I don't think this is too far off the track of the quote but to to do that to say you know that's not in line with child development that's not in line with um what what the research is really telling us or you know some just admitting some people are bad at this <laughs> Yeah. like I I did a and I, I think I've mentioned this on another episode recently but a year or so ago, I wrote a blog post um, after there had been two pretty tragic incidents with children in, and it, it just happened that they were in family child care programs here in my mm-hmm. in my community. And the post was just in general, if you're not in this to do the very best for children, get out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it got reposted just a month or so ago, and there was quite a lot of contention in the comments on the Facebook post because it was seen as a dig at family childcare. And and it was, you know, let's, if you're a family childcare provider, you should be outraged by this happening in family childcare and in the field in general, we need to get a little bit more outraged when stuff is just bad. Um, and, and this trivial banal stuff that does children no service is bad. It may not be as damaging as some of the other stuff, but it's bad. Yeah. And uh, I, I almost wonder if part of the reason we don't speak up is as a field, I think even pe- people whose practice I don't love and stuff, <laughs> I see in the field the low wages, the disrespect we get. Mm-hmm. And I th- like if we were all just stalking shells or something, you could be like, that's a stupid way to stalk shells. But even like those people... <laughs> Yeah, it's all going to fall down on you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but even the people I disagree with in their practice, they put them a lot of themselves. They put a lot of themselves into their job. They're true. A lot of their heart and like, I don't want to invalidate that at all. Right. And they and I think they kind of get their um, getting kids school ready is the product they produce, and that's where they get their sense of pride and the disrespect we that we all get. They they make them cling tighter to it possibly, and and in a way, I genuinely feel for them, but it doesn't make it what we should be doing either. Sure, and I I mean I still definitely um, have to talk myself out of some lingering feelings of inferiority. Yes, in, in the readiness conversation or whatever, yeah. because you know the public schools look, you know those teachers are seen to sometimes look down on the early childhood folks in my spheres. Anyway, that's been the case. Um, But I, and this is not to disagree with you. This is just where my thoughts go Mm -hmm. next. 
Um, are are we here to protect each other's feelings or are we here to do what's right for the kids? And I, that's I agree where I get totally. caught up. And also, I th- I think, well, okay. I mean, you know my, my politics. I'm a feminist, whatever. But women, man, sometimes <laughs> we don't want to hurt each other's feelings or, you know, we want to be able to be friends after work. And I, I, maybe it's true with men too, but I've mostly worked with women because I've mostly worked in childcare programs. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of it too, is we don't want to deal with the discomfort of the conflict. Sometimes women who are very direct about what they're thinking um, have some blowback yep. because they're seen as, you know, bitches or whatever. Um, so I think we hurt ourselves in that way too sometimes. And it is just uncomfortable because you're still stuck in the room with that person sometimes all day long. And if you made her mad in the morning by challenging something that was happening with a child or sticking up for a child, which has happened with me sometimes, um, you got a long day (laughs) ahead of you. (laughs) So I know there are some, some practical things, but you know, that, that very first part of Nacy's code of ethical conduct is do no harm Mm -hmm. to the children. And, um, I think not doing the very best that we can once we know, Mm -hmm. because there's also something to be said for, you know, not knowing yet what's what we should be doing. Um, And I certainly am not done growing, but, um, but there's, there's some harm that can be done Yeah. in that. Sorry, that was a soapbox that went on further than it needed to. No, it was a a nice soapbox. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Well-crafted soapbox. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it is it's yeah it's i i generally want to like respect everybody and stuff but honestly it should come like what's better for kids over uh, other adults yeah. feelings yeah. but but it's if easier you're said than done somebody, that's its own thing yeah um yeah yeah and, and i throw that out not as an excuse but as an acknowledgement yeah. that there are some real difficult things to get through to be yes. able to take that position um, but you know, something as simple as, um, and I think this kind of goes back to the trivial stuff in the quote, um, the banal, the banality. I like that one. I, there's gotta be other, other forms of it that I'm going to work in later. But anyway, um, the whole don't walk, go up the slide thing. Yes. We've got a playground. We've got one little guy in particular who wants to go up the slide all the time. And yep. the, the cult, the childcare culture is. We go down the slide. You will get hurt. That's not safe. Um, but we also, you know, make a big talk about getting them outside so they can, you know, get that big body play going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just a couple days ago had a um, I was letting this little guy go up the slide and someone said, oh, go down the slide. You're going to get hurt. And I said, I'm right here. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm right here with him. And um, they said, oh, well, we just don't let them go up the slide. Because yeah. it's not safe. And I said, well, actually, I think it's important that he, you know, use, he uses whole different muscles to get up the slide that he does to get down the slide. It's much more strenuous. It's working out that energy you're so concerned about. And the strength he's building in his hands, pulling himself up the slide, is more valuable for pre-writing than the giant pencils we just threw into the, the writing center. Um, yeah. And I think that's sort of an example of a conversation that needs to happen, but is difficult to have. Um, I'm yep. sure I came off very snobby and whatever, 
Um, but you did your best. I don't care. And, um, but that, that don't go up the slide rule is pretty trivial. Like if we really stopped and think, go below the surface of why we're saying this, are we saying it because it's habit? Your coworker would obviously disagree with you. She, uh, I don't know no. what's to go through her head, but she would think, and I'm not saying I disagree with her, right. but um, that she must be worried that like, oh, it, the, all hell will break loose if the, we're holding the wall, we're, we're keeping exactly. the holding the fort. <laughs> if, if, if we let this go through the dam, who knows what's going to happen? Sure. And of course, that's like nonsense. Uh, but I don't, I don't, I hope I'm not coming off as too soft on people, but it's just yeah. like, obviously people disagree with us. Yeah. Yeah, you go right ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, no, because I do think perspective taking is an important skill. Yeah. Um, in in many things, but yeah. no, I get it does I get what you're Well, I I think there's some teachers who that is their thought process. They've gone through it. They just want yeah. kids to be safe. Um, they're worried about if I let this go, then I, what else happens? But there are some who just say it because that's what we say, and that's the that, rule. Yes. Um, and those are the ones that I really would challenge is if you've never stopped and thought through, why do I say this to a child? Then you're being trivial. If, if you've thought it through and you still think it's a good idea, then that's, that's a different perspective. But if you're just saying it because that's what everybody says around you. For some reason, I think of the the term for police, like the thin blue line, Uh like there's like a child care thin line. (laughs) The thin thin child care line. What color? Let's pick a yucky color. um, Mustard (laughs) yellow. The thin mustard yellow line. The thin (laughs) baby poop yellow line. Yeah. (laughs) We have to, we have to keep, we have to keep the fort down or it's going to turn into Lord of the Flies. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, those of us who let kids do whatever we want. Yeah. Are the real danger to the field or whatever yeah. they want. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any last thoughts about the quote or the conversation or anything else? I think we're probably getting up to about. Uh, yeah. It's get, yeah. It's getting minutes, up there. So. Um, I, I don't know. I think about this stuff constantly. Yeah. I somehow, we have to like, and I think you're doing this with your podcast and with everything else, like we engaging people online and offline mm-hmm. about what the hell we're talking about, mm-hmm. about development, about what should be. And just because school, the, there's going to be this demanded of them of in schools uh-huh. down the line, that doesn't make it right. Like uh-huh. that's a whole, schools are a whole other issue. Right. And just because what's, down the pipe for these kids isn't right. We have to do something not right. Like we have to, we have to just get, keep getting things out there and right. our opinions there and trying to bring new people on board. Um, so yeah, the podcasts like this and writing and doing events out in the community and et cetera. Um, yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah. And um, I, I, th- I think this, these conversations are difficult to have in the midst of the work with the children. Yes. So, so coming offline, connecting with other people outside of work, maybe sometimes is a good idea, um, yeah. even though we're exhausted and broke. Um, yeah. Maybe that drink after work is a good idea <laughs> just to get um, get some of these conversations going. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I was just trying to think if, if there was one thing that I, you know, someone listened to the podcast, wants to 
make a change or do some reflecting what could, what could be a good first step. And I think just looking at one thing that you do every day that you know that you do every day in your work with children and really breaking it down. And maybe you decide it is a good, you know, valuable piece of learning for children. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, I've been doing that the same way for all this time and I've never really thought about it. And I'm going to tweak it a little bit. Yeah. Because, um, you know, baby steps get us there. Yeah. Um, as, you know, we're impatient sometimes, but but the baby steps will work. That's the only that's the only way that that it really works. True, true. And what's yeah. the Margaret Mead quote the about a small group of people making change? Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? It's the only thing yeah. that's ever worked or something. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Google Margaret Margaret Mead if you don't know what I'm yeah. talking about, you'll find. And that's quote. other advice if you want to make a change. Um, Google Google a topic you're interested in about uh-huh. development or something about reflective practice mm-hmm. or. If you're, if you're there, you're having a problem with your kids and you don't know what to do, Google. I'm sure somebody else has typed that out. You can Google it yeah, and you can get other people's, search. yeah, get other people's <laughs> opinions on it. Yeah, that's good and, too. I think we, you yeah. know, we make fun of Googling all the time, but you really can't, you know, the world is out there. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, this was good. Thanks, David. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And and like we said a minute ago, we're going to do a couple more together coming up. So you guys will be hearing more from David. Um, so thanks David it was a good conversation thanks you guys for listening and um, tune in again for another episode next week bye bye and that's the show now go get your nerd on this has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production Oh. Hey, we need your support to keep the podcasts flowing. Go to explorationsearlylearning.com slash support to learn how. One of the big things you can do is shop Amazon with the link we provide. You buy your cat food, you buy your kids' books, you buy whatever it is you buy on Amazon, you pay the regular price. We get a small percentage of it. Everybody wins. A lot of people are doing it. It really supports the shows, and we really appreciate it. Give it a try. Thanks. Thanks.